Welcome back, listeners. Allie, we're still on the topic of liming and pH. And I think anytime we're talking about a nutrient or some management practices, I always like to put a yield and uh, kind of a cost benefit uh, to managing this. And Allie, we have some good data from uh, our replicated PK set that I think is uh, worth taking a look at. Yeah, so like you mentioned, that of the replicated PKP set. So this is back in 2018 across 51 locations in southeast Minnesota. And we broke out the yield by soil pH. So we had an optimum pH range where we were just breaking down uh, where the yield sat. And we kept this range between 6.2 and 7.2 for the optimum pH. So yield was sitting at about 241.8 bushels per acre. And then in areas where pH was not sitting at those optimum neutral levels, we were down to 229.8 bushels per acre. So you had an even 12 bushel spread between the optimum and not optimum acres. So that equates to about $42 per acre that we were lagging in those areas where we didn't have our pH sitting where it needed to be sitting. So that's kind of how we walk through does liming pay. We know that it pays. Um, But then I think you start to talk about does variable rate liming pay. The reason we bring this up is because if we look at a pH grid sample map, uh, you could have areas that are sitting lower, closer to that 5 pH range, and then higher areas sitting closer to that neutral 7 seven pH range. So across the board, if we were to put a baseline rec um, in this particular field, you would average out at 3 tons per acre. But the reason why this maybe starts to bring up the variable rate option is because if we're putting an even spread of lime across those acres, how much of that lime are we misplacing in those areas where we're too low? Uh, We're obviously helping availability, but areas where we're higher, uh, we're maybe not helping ourselves quite as much. So then it comes to the fact of across those grid samples, that rec could call for anywhere from zero to five tons per acre. So a wide range there, just bringing it back to um, if we're too low, we're not getting good mi- macro utilization. If we keep it neutral, that's the place we want to be sitting. So really just trying to optimize those applications across those acres, Josh, which kind of starts to bring into the question, where can we source some of this lime for those applications? Yeah, no, that's just a great summary, Allie. And, and when you think about Southeast Minnesota, where we have a lot of limestone roads, it's so common to see our borders of our fields next to the road at 7273 and you get in there six seven hundred feet and we can be in the fives it's just that's just how radical a change we can see and it's something that's just extremely important i can't reiterate that enough the value of of uh, doing smaller grids when it comes to applying lime and ellie that's a great question of lime sourcing and when you do look at lime sources uh, available to us we are very uh, blessed to be located here in southeast minnesota where we do have you know some of the the highest quality lime sources that you, you're probably going to find uh, across the the whole Corn Belt in the Midwest. So we do have some some good options, but we'll go through maybe a few of the things to consider because we do have a, still a wide range of availability of lime uh, across the area as well. So when we start looking at lime, um, there's two main sources of lime that we're going to run into here locally in southeast Minnesota. Uh, We have some lime that's going to be calcitic and some that's going to be dolomitic. Uh, The main difference there is that calcitic is utilizing the calcium part of that uh, as kind of the the neutralizing power of it. In dolomitic lime, we're using the magnesium in that, and that's going to be kind of the neutralizing component of that two lime. Both work very well. Um, you know, in, in some cases, depending on what's available to you, there's other factors that you might want to look at. Um, but uh, those are the two main sources that we're going to find. From there, uh, you're going to kind of see a couple metrics applied to Lyme from a quality standpoint. Uh, ENP being one that stands for effective neutralizing power, where they're going to test that and then they're going to put a value to it, basically saying, okay, 
how good is this lime? How quality is it? How much is it going to take? And in you know limes that have lower ENP, it's going to take more tons per acre. Lime with higher, it's going to take less tons per acre uh, to kind of accomplish that 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 change that we're looking for. The other thing, um, it's called kind of FI, the finest index. So that's just going to look at how fine it is. So that's when you see values like is this a 60-69 lime or an 80-89 lime? Uh, that's going to kind of you know dictate just how rapid that lime is going to work. So. In most cases, the higher that number, an 80-89 lime, it's going to react quicker to the soil. So in some cases where I have a really low pH that I want to get moving, um, that higher number is uh, going to be a, a better quality and a more fasting-reacting uh, lime to get that pH to change. Um, but those are some of the key factors that we look at. And one of the common questions to get, Ali, is when you look at some of the quality lime here that, um, like Fountain Minnesota comes to mind or Yoda, you know, the cost per ton of that lime might be 2, 3x to some of the other quarries. And I get the question of that sticker shock. Is it worth spending that money? Is it not? Uh, in my opinion, it, it, it always is. And the reason I say that is, number one, it's got a pretty good fineness index, extremely high ENP. And in most cases, we're applying that lime. You come back three, four years later, soil test. It did exactly what it's designed to do. Where in other cases, sometimes you soil test and maybe it's not where it quite needs to be. So, Allie, that wraps up our nutrient management uh, segment of planning for the 2020 crop. And uh, we'll be back next week with some new topics. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFILAM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at KFILradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter, it's at Ali Wise W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner. Submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. We'll see you at 11 a.m.